Bibles with me to Mark chapter number 15. Mark chapter number 15, verse 29, as we celebrate the season. Jesus is the reason for the season. Amen. Mark chapter number 15, verse 29 to 32. Bible says that, and those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, aha, you who destroyed the temple and build it in three days, save yourself, come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking among themselves with the scribes said, he saved others, himself he cannot save. Hallelujah. Then let the Christ, the king of Israel, descend from the cross that we may see and believe. Even those who were crucified reviled him, were crucified with him, reviled him. Now, when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And in the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Loi, loi, lama sabatani, which means, translates, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood by when they heard that, they, they said, look, he's calling Elijah. Then someone ran and filled a sponge full of vinegar and put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink, saying, let him alone. <clears throat> let us see if Elijah will come and take him down. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and breathed his last. Then the veil of the kingdom was torn in two from top to bottom. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Amen. Now, this is a story I don't need to belabor. We all know the Easter story. We know that Jesus went on the cross willingly to die for us. Hallelujah. And um, in the crucifixion, there were a lot of things that happened. But today, I want us to look at what we can glean, the lessons of victory that we can glean from the crucifixion. You know, Jesus bled and died. And the scripture says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for our sins. Which means that our sins demanded blood. <clears throat> There's a scripture, let's look at it, Hebrews chapter 9. <clears throat> let's look at Hebrews chapter 9 from 19. Let's read it so that we can understand. For when Moses had spoken every precept to the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats. Hallelujah. He took the, the uh, blood of cows and goats and sprinkled both, sprinkled both the, the book itself, to, on the book itself and all the people, saying, this is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. Likewise, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and also the vessels. According to the law, almost all things are purified by the blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. Hallelujah. And therefore, it is necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with the things, with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. Hallelujah. Now, Moses was saying that sin 
deserves punishment. It deserves judgment. And the judgment is what God gives to people who that transgress the law. But another way or one option that we have for cleansing is when blood is shed to pay the price or atone for our sins. Are you with me? So anytime the blood comes, the blood is to, supposed to cleanse. The blood, you see, it's like when you eat and your plate is dirty, you need soap and water to clean the plate. Without the cleaning of the plate, you cannot reuse the plate. Hallelujah. So every vessel, even in heaven, every vessel needs to be cleaned in order to be reused. Because anytime it's dirty, it needs cleansing. Hallelujah. And when man came to the earth, man was given dominion. Man was supposed to have sinless life and have power over everything that was in the air, everything on the land, everything in the sea, because it, man was sinless. But through disobedience, man became sinful. Amen. And that introduced sin. So God, in his infinite mercy and, and uh, grace, decided to send his only begotten to come and pay the price for us. And when Jesus came, Jesus knew that man was in bondage in certain areas. Amen. So Jesus needed to pay the price with his life to not only free us, but free us in specific areas. Somebody say specific areas. You see, sometimes we, we just read the Easter story and we don't realize that it was a payment. How many have bought something with a, 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 a coupon before? How many know that the coupon is as good as cash? When the coupon is usable, it's as good as cash. Are you with me? And the coupon also tells you the specific things you can use it for. Am I making sense? So it's not every coupon that you can use in every shop. Every specific shop, even any coupon that the shop accepts, they don't accept it on all items. Specific items demand specific coupons. Amen. So specific part of Jesus' body was used to buy certain aspects of our freedom. Am I making sense? And so, if you don't know this, you can be saved and still be in bondage in some areas. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. You can be saved. You can be a, a saved Christian, but in bondage, under bondage, because you don't know that you have liberty in that area. You don't know that the coupon was used to buy your freedom in that area. So, I'm just going to rehearse seven areas that Jesus was pierced where blood came out of him to buy specific areas of your freedom. Am I, am I talking to somebody? Specific areas. Are you ready? Let's start. He started in Gethsemane. In Gethsemane, there was a shedding of blood. In Luke chapter 22, verse 44, the Bible says that, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and the sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Amen. Oh, I said amen. amen. How many know that the, 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 the uh, garden had an experience? Gethsemane, it means pressing. Somebody say pressing. It's a, the, the, another, the Hebrew name of, of Gethsemane, the meaning is pressing. It's a place of pressing. You see, in those days, when they want to uh, make oil, 
with olives. What they do is they take the olives, they, they harvest the olives, they take it to a place and they press the olive. And when they press the olive, the oil oozes out of the olive. And the oil is what is gathered and processed and used as oil. Hallelujah. So Gethsemane is a place of pressing. It was a place where Jesus was in double minds, whether to go to the cross or to escape. Hallelujah. His will was something that he sacrificed. He said that, not my will, oh God, but your will be done. Hallelujah. See, in, 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 in Genesis chapter 1, God said to Adam, all these things, all the fruit you can touch and do everything, but this one, don't touch it. In Genesis chapter 2, he said, don't touch this, this tree. Are you with me? So, God gave man his will, the free will. And by disobedience, man lost that will. Now, Paul was saying that for me to do good, I find not the strength to do. The, 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 the evil that I don't want to do, that is what I find myself doing all the time. It's as if I'm a slave to my will. My will is, is there, but it's not mine. You know, sometimes we think that if you are, if you are uh, an unbeliever, you're not a Christian, you have your own will, you can do whatever you want to do. When you see any girl, you can chase any girl, you can chase any boy, you can drink anything you want, you can smoke anything you want. You think that you have your willpower and you can do everything. In, in uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, he says that, verse 1, he says that you, in your previous day, life, you were people that moved according to the prince of the power of the air. You were slave to sin. You had a willpower, but the, your willpower was not yours. It had been taken away from you. Amen. He, he, so he had to make you alive. You were dead in your trespasses. Verse 2, quickly. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, and the spirit who now works in the sense of those disobedience. Which means in the sense of disobedience, there's a certain slavery. You think you have your will, but your will is not yours. You think you have your freedom, but your freedom is not yours. Your freedom is, it, it has been shackled. Just as Jesus was caught in that place where he's like, not my will, but your will be done. As soon as he defeated Satan in that area, he released us. From the will, the, the slavery or the prison of not doing the right things with our willpower, but being able to do the things that God wants us to do. So now we have the will and we have the desire to do right. Hallelujah. I said we have the power. He has redeemed us from our willpower. Amen. Now through Christ, we have the power to say no to sin. We have Every kind of bondage that is there, we can decide that we will not do this. Hallelujah. Because Jesus broke through. The Bible says he was at all points tempted and yet without sin. At the point of his will being shackled, he said no. Hallelujah. He said, listen, I can call legions to come and defend me in this garden if I want but not my will, O oh God, 
Let your will be done. Not my will. My will is to run away from death like any, of, or, or any other person. But if Jesus had run away from death, we will still be prisoners of our will. Our will still will be shackled to Satan. But because he decided to sweat blood, that sweat on his brow was the sweat that makes us decide to do the right things even though wrong looks easy. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. You missed a good place to put your hands together. Even though wrong is easy, he decided to do the hard and difficult things. He decided to obey. He said that for this reason, I came to this world. To, to suffer. To be spat upon. To be, to be, to be uh, manhandled. For this reason, I came. Am I going to run away? Would I call angels to defend me? No. Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass over me. Yet not my will, but your will. And with that, the victory of our will was given back to us. Now we can decide to serve God in, in spirit and in, 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 in truth. We can decide to serve God in purity and holiness. We can decide with our will that even though everybody is doing the wrong, I will do the right. I will do the right. For me to live is Christ. I will make sure that Christ in me, I have life, the hope of my glory. Hallelujah. Then he was taken prisoner and carried. You know, remember when uh, the, the high priest and the people came, Judas came and they kissed, they kissed him. Peter took the sword and sliced somebody's ear. He took the ear and put it back. And he said to Peter, put away your sword. This is not the time to defend ourselves. This is not the time. I've just prayed, not my will, but your will be done. So we are not going to go against the will of God. So he was caught as a prisoner. And the Bible says he was taken to the post, the whipping post. And there was a whip called the cut of nine lives. That whip is, can you show me a picture? My wife always doesn't like me to show it, but a picture of, of Christ on that whipping post with a whip, cut of nine lives. It means that they have nine strands of bones and hooks and, and uh, metals that when they hit it, pulls your skin off. Hallelujah. When they whip you, it pulls your skin off. He was put on the whipping post. Matthew chapter 27, verse 26. Then, he, then they released Barabbas to them. And when he, they had scorched him, Jesus, they, he delivered them to be crucified. They delivered him to be crucified. Hallelujah. Oh, I say Hallelujah. In, in uh, Isaiah 53, it says that he was wounded. He was wounded for our transgression. The chastisement of our peace was upon, was upon him. And by the stripes, by the lashing, by the laceration of the flesh, by the oozing of the, of the blood from his... Can you find the picture? The oozing of the blood 
we received our health. Hallelujah. Yeah. Oh, this is a very san sanitized picture. I w this is too clean. I want the one with the blood. This is for children. Have you seen the cat with nine lives? The whip. That's the name of the whip. And when they put it on him, it takes his flesh and blood comes out. You know, the, the flesh being torn from his skin is for our, freed, our health, which means that we should not be shackled to sickness anymore. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. We must not be shackled to sickness anymore. Hallelujah. Find another one that we can see the, the, the whip going into his flesh. You are doing well. You are doing very well. Today, those who don't want to see, will see. I don't care. Hallelujah. See, it wasn't easy. But if Jesus had paid the price to buy our health, then we have to enforce the health. We have to enforce that sickness doesn't belong to my body. Because his body was torn so that my body behold. His body, he was lacerated so that I will have freedom in my body. Hallelujah. Oh, I say hallelujah. In Isaiah 54 verse 4, it said, 53 verse 4, that surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrow. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Someone say, by his stripes, I am healed. By his stripes, I am healed. He didn't say, I will be healed. He said, I am healed in the past. So if we are healed already, why are you in pain? So that is something that we need to enforce. Thank you very much. That's a beautiful picture. Hallelujah. Yeah. That picture of the lacerations shows healing. Amen. So whenever in future you fall ill, remember this picture. And declare that sickness, it doesn't belong to this body. Sickness has no right to be in this body. I am healed. I am already healed. And to whatever day, I reinforce my healing in the name of Jesus. Oh, I said in the name of Jesus. Isaiah chapter 50 verse 6. It says that I gave my back to the smithers. This is Jesus before he was born. Prophet Isaiah made this prophecy. He said, I gave my back to the smiters, and my cheek to them that pluck off the hair. I hid my face. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. For the Lord will help me. Therefore, I shall not be confounded. Therefore, I ha have I set my face like flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. Hallelujah. He knew he was going to be spat upon. He knew his back was going to be the one, the place that they, they remove flesh with a cut of nine lives. But he gave it so that you and I will be healed. I prophesy your healing right now. Oh, as I declare your healing, every sickness and disease leave your body right now in the name of Jesus. Your healing has been paid for by the master and you are free now and forever of any, any health challenges in the name of Jesus. 
The third part of bleeding was internal bleeding. In Matthew 27, 26, it says that then they released Barabbas unto them. And then they scourged Jesus and delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers and of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him a whole band of soldiers. And they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thongs, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed their knee before him, mocking and saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Hallelujah. Remember, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Hallelujah. What was redeemed through the internal bleeding? Our forgiveness and liberty from the hold of transgression. Somebody say transgression. Transgression is a sin that you know this is sin, but you do it anyway. Hallelujah. You know, now that you're a child of God, you know that there are some things you don't have to do. But you find yourself doing it. You transgress the law. Amen. You transgress the law. You have iniquity inside of you. Iniquity is, transgression is breaking the law. Iniquity is sin that you know is sin that you keep practicing. You live in it. So transgression, you pass through it. By iniquity, you live in it. Hallelujah. And with the bleeding internally that he had, because when they put the crown of thorns on his head, he was bleeding. It's not all the blood that was coming out. Somewhere inside. Hallelujah. By the shedding of his blood inside, he won our freedom from iniquity. Freedom from transgression. You are not a slave again to sin. I say you and I are not slaves again to sin. We are not slaves again to iniquity. We are, we are not bound. We should never be bound to live. This is wrong, but I find myself always doing it. I know this is not the right thing, but I keep doing the, the, the right thing because I find myself helpless. No, you are not helpless. Hallelujah. As a child of God, you have been delivered. You have been bought with a price. He has paid the price with his blood. So you and I have to have deliverance. Amen. I said we, need, we ought to walk in deliverance. The blood was shed for, for our liberty to liberate us from the power of transgressions and iniquities so that we can live a life free of curses. Amen. Because the Bible says that the one that breaks the when you break the hedge, the serpent will bite you. Iniquity and, and transgression breaks the hedge. Hallelujah. And we have the liberty we have been liberated to walk inside of the hedge without transgressing God. Hallelujah. How many know, how many of us know that when you are in love with somebody, when you are in love with somebody, the last thing that crosses your mind is to offend them, to, to, do, to do something that will dis disobey them, that will hurt them. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? That, that, why? Why is that? Because you, you feel that all your life, all everything that you do is supposed to please the person that you are in love with. Amen. That is Christianity. It's not about do's and don'ts. It's about loving God and staying within his love. 
so much that all we want to do is to please him. All we want is to just satisfy him. All we want is to become the, 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 the epitome of his love. Hallelujah. Iniquity makes us weak. Iniquity makes us walk as powerless Christians. Iniquity makes us walk as, as mere men. Amen. Holiness brings power. I say holiness brings power. Hallelujah. Holiness brings boldness against spiritual onslaughts. Amen. I decree and I command every, everyone under the sound of my voice that by the stripes of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, let there be restoration of wholeness, restoration of holiness, no more transgression, no more iniquity in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The fourth one, he shed the blood when the crown was put on his head. Blood came out. Can I have a picture of the crown on his head with the blood? Verse 20, uh, Matthew 27, 29, and plaiting the crown of tongues, they put it on his head and a reed in his hand and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him saying, Hail, the king of the Jews. Amen. The chastisement of our peace was put upon him. Hallelujah. Our minds, he bought the freedom of our minds with a crown of tongues. How come anytime you dream, it's only bad things you see? All your mind is filled with doubt. All your mind is filled with self-hate. All your mind is filled with negativity. Why are you still in bondage when you have been set free? Why do you think everybody hates you when you've been liberated to think? Why, why have you decided to oppress your mind? You go to sleep, but you never sleep. You go to bed tired, but you wake up tired because you've been tossing and turning throughout the night. You are always depressed. You stay in your room and cry all day, all night. You won't open your curtain. You won't do anything. You don't know whether it's day or night because you are depressed. Why are you allowing yourself to be tormented when Jesus has bought your freedom? Hallelujah. You see, there are some people who have been set free. But they don't know that they've been set free. So they are still in prison. Or you don't know that. There are some prisons that the people, when you ask them, why are you here? They say, I should be here. Maybe they didn't go to school. They have been set free. They just need somebody to come and take them home. But they, they don't know. So they are still in prison. This is unlawful imprisonment. Hallelujah. There are some countries that people don't go to, they, they've been put on remand. Remand means you are not guilty. You are not innocent. They are waiting to try your case. You can easily be guilty. You can be innocent. 20 years, they are still there. 25 years. Why? It's because they don't know that under the law, you are not supposed to be in prison for more than 48 hours without trial. And because they don't have lawyers and they don't know the law, some have been in jail for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, on remand. 
Don't look at them funny. Some of us, spiritually, we are in prison. When we are not supposed to be. We have put our minds in prison. Our destinies are in prison. Satan is running around, uh, uh, running around us like as if, as if we, 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 Jesus didn't pay the price for us. Hallelujah. Today I declare your liberation. I say I set your mind free. No, no, no. I, I don't like tossing and turning. Me, I don't like tossing and turning. I go to bed, I sleep. I don't care what the problem is for tomorrow morning. I go to bed, I sleep. When I wake up tomorrow, I tackle the problem. How many of you being anxious can add one centimeter to your height? Be anxious for nothing. Or I said be anxious for nothing. Why are you depressed? Uh, Master, you don't know that the man says he won't marry me again, so I am depressed. Nobody loves me. Nobody loves me. My little niece, she's a big woman now. But when she was little, I used to go and pick them for the weekend. Every time I go get them for the weekends. And then when I bring them home, they used to like coming to spend the weekends in my house because when they come to my house, there's no law. They sleep at any time they want to sleep. They eat McDonald's. They eat, I wasn't married then. They eat McDonald's. They eat Chinese food. That's all they eat. And then we play video games and they watch Cartoon Network till the morning. Go to bed when there's no law. So they always like to come to me. So anytime they come, they'll be in the house. They'll be happy. Then my niece will always go and sit in the corner and go, Esther, what's it? I'm alone. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares for me. Then everybody will stop everything they are doing. Then go and sit around her and put their hands around her and start to play with her. Then after two, three minutes, she'll be fine and start playing. Then before you realize, you go and sit in the corner again. She did it so often that it got to a place when she goes to hide, sit in the corner. Then we all turn. Nobody loves you. Then you go. Some of us are like that. Any small chance we get. I'm alone in this world. Nobody loves me. Poor me, poor me. What are you shouting poor me, poor me about? Do you know what somebody's carrying? And they are so happy. What your, your problem, if you compare your problem with somebody's problem, you realize that yours is just a walk in the park. But the person is happy. And then you are hiding. <laughs> because that foolish boy says he will marry you. What is wrong with you? You have been delivered. The guy has nothing. He doesn't work. <laughs> I heard a story <laughs> the other day. 
They say, the, the, the pastor was saying that they were having a, 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 a seven-day fast. And then this church member hadn't been to church for a very long time. So somehow the, the Spirit of God told the pastor to send some people to go visit the, the lady. So they went to visit the lady. When they went, this lady had been depressed, sitting in a room for days, hadn't had any shower, nothing. She said she wanted to commit suicide. She had uh, uh, one packet of paracetamol, you know, like a big bag that was by her side that she, and water that she was getting ready to take all the pills so that it can kill herself. Then they asked her, what, what is the problem? He said, the boy that she had been seeing, who had an alto, who knows what an alto is? Nizan Alto. You know that baby car? I don't know where it's two door. You know, baby car, you can even lift it up and do press up with it. <laughs> it's called Nizan Alto. The guy has a chamber in the hall, a one bed flat with a Nizan Alto. Says that he doesn't want to marry her again. So this guy wanted to commit suicide. So the pastor, the, the people that went to, uh, visit the lady said, no, we can't leave you in this state. Please come. Let's go to church. We have to take you to pastor. So they took her to pastor. And then pastor said that you are not going home today. You are going to keep you in my house. So the next day, they took her to church. Three days later, she was going to church. After the fasting, she was feeling better now after prayer and counseling. She went home. And she said she went to the market to go and get some foodstuff to come and fill her her room, because the man had driven her from the one-bed flat. So she had a little room. And as she was, she, she went to the market, she was walking, picking something, and then she had somebody trying to get her attention, somebody trying to get her attention. So she turned, like she didn't recognize the guy. The guy said, come, come, come. So she crossed the road and went. The guy said, oh, don't you remember me? It's Martin. Martin, your old boyfriend. 15 years ago. Yeah, I went to the U.S. for 15 years. I've been back for the last six months. I've been searching everywhere for you. He said, take me to your father this minute. Take me to your father this minute. So, 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 she didn't know what was going on. Before she realized, she was in the car to the house. Went to the house. The, the man said to the father, I have been here for the last six months looking for your daughter. This is my six-bedroom house that I built. And my, my, my Nizan, uh, what do you call it? Nizan Pajero that I bought. It is, uh, uh, and the, the man said that, look, please look at the document. It's in her name. It, the the, the six-bedroom house I have bought in her name. The car that is parked there is her name. And the girl's like, look at Nizan Alto. That she was about to kill herself for. With paracetamol and a gallon of water. As against a six-bedroom house. Sometimes we send our minds on excursions that we have no business sending our minds to. 
We, we invite depression that we don't have any business having. Because of that foolish boy. Nizan Alto, one bedroom. When somebody has been waiting for six months, looking for you all over the place, your blessing is looking for you and you are depressed about one bedroom and Nizan Alto. Look for uh, Nizan Alto for me and put it on there. So, for them to see. You can do press up with the car. You can lift it up and do press up with it. Hallelujah. The peace which the enemy took from us, God has restored it through the blood of Jesus. Through the crown that was put on his head. Our freedom, our minds are free. There's no need for you to be depressed. There's no need for you to be oppressed. Yes. That's the altos. You can lift it up and do press up with it. It's Tico's little brother. Hallelujah. That is all the guy has. Altos. And a one bed flat. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, I say hallelujah. I break off every oppression from your mind in the name of Jesus. I declare and I command you that you will never be depressed again. From today, think on good things. From today, think on victorious things. You are not the only one that has been through something. You are not the only one that somebody has left. It was his loss. How many know that it's the guy who has, who has lost? The guy who took her from the house because of Nizar Altos. And the one bed flat, he's the one who has lost. Because this guy, the girl is moved into a six-bedroom house. That has her name, not a man's name. And a car she didn't work for. Put a Nizam Pajero on there. And compare it to the altos. Hallelujah. That is why I, I love Joel. Joel is very fantastic. Anything I want, he just provides it. Hallelujah. Some of us, we stress ourselves for, too, for nothing. There's no need to stress yourself. Hallelujah. When you're stressing, it just makes you sick. And it weakens you for no reason. He says he doesn't love me. So, is it the only boy and what has he got anyway? <laughs> oh, I'm waiting for the. You can't find it. Mitsubishi Pajero, is it? Okay. I don't even know the cars. I Me, mean, I'm not a car person, so. This is Suzuki Altos, isn't it? Nizam Patrol. Okay, find the patrol. is the same thing. Hallelujah. Number five. Matthew 27, 35. Bible says that then they crucified him, dividing his garment, casting a lot 
so that it might fulfill, be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments and cast lots for my clothing. Amen. They put, yeah. Can you see the difference? This is the car the man had bought. As against the altos that you can do press up with. Depressed in the room for days, contemplating on committing suicide. This is the car that she had left. It's not as if she was the owner. The guy drives and she puts her in front. When two people are sitting in front, they look at two giants. (laughs) As against that. That is in her own name. Her own car. Hallelujah. Depressed about what? You know, when you think about the reason why we get depressed, sometimes it's such a nonsense. You, 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 after the time the thing passes, you know, somebody said, somebody said, somebody got depressed because the, the, the boyfriend left her, her at the altar. Yeah, they were going to get married. She, he did a no-show. She was with in a bridal dress, everything, no show. The guy didn't show up. And he said, the girl was depressed for days. And then he said, one day, she was driving, and he saw the guy crossing the road, hustling, sweating. You know when the sweat, the sweat goes on the back of your shirt, and the sweat and your skin are together. The, skin, the sweat and the skin are having a discussion. And the guy is crossing the road. And then the guy, the guy said, what was I thinking? To marry this guy. And she was driving. She wanted to. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sometimes you look at the reason why you're depressed after a while and ask yourself, what was I thinking? Hallelujah. He was pierced in his palms, a nail was put on the, on the hand. In Psalm 22, verse 16, it says that, For the dogs have compassed me. They assemble, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands. Hallelujah. And my feet. Piercing of the hand. Amen. Here, Jesus freed us to receive our inheritance. With the hand that was pierced, you were freed to have your inheritance. How many of us know we have an inheritance? He says that he made man in his, in his image and he said, be fruitful in, in, in uh, Genesis 1.28. Be fruitful and multiply and have dominion. Somebody say dominion. He has given us dominion to have authority over everything in the air, everything on the ground, everything inside. That's the power we have. Hallelujah. He has given us inheritance. But because of sin, Adam took the inheritance and gave it to somebody, to Satan. Amen. Listen to the cheek that Satan has. Come with me to Matthew 4. Matthew 4, 8. Here again, the devil took him 
on a exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said, all these are mine. All these I will give to you if you fall down and worship me because they are mine. Hallelujah. So Jesus said, you shall worship the Lord alone. Because he knew what he was thinking. That I'm going to get nails in my hand to buy the inheritance that has been transferred to the devil. Amen. And by the piercing of the nail in, in the hand, you have the freedom to receive all the inheritance back, to walk in power, to walk in dominion, to receive that which belongs to you. Hallelujah. I prophesy that you will have authority from today to receive the things that God has given you, the grace of God. The, the inheritance that is yours is coming back to you in the name of Jesus. When the blood oozed from his palms, it was taking care of the curse of the, the work, the curse of the work of our hands, so that we work so hard, but we don't see the results. But from today, I prophesy that you begin to see the results. I prophesy that you will see more results than you have worked for. You have more grace and more power to receive things you never worked for. By the power that is in the palm of, of, of the hands of Jesus. Hallelujah. And when you lift up holy hands, you lift up uncondemned. I say you lift up your hands uncondemned. When you stand before God and you lift up your hands, there's no more condemnation to those that have been bought by the price of Jesus. No more condemnation. Or oh, I say no more condemnation. I command every curse pronounced against the work of your hands broken in the name of Jesus. I command a divine cleansing upon your hands. I command you to receive that which belongs to you. All your inheritance is coming back to you in the name of Jesus. Live long and prosper. Let your hand receive that which God has given to you in the name of Jesus. By the reason of the blood of Jesus, receive the power to create wealth. Receive the power to create a wealth that you haven't even worked for in the name of of Jesus. Hallelujah. And the next one, number six, was the piercing on the feet. Hallelujah. The piercing on the feet. Dominion to walk in the right places. To walk in the place that God has given you. He said to Joshua, Everywhere that the sole of your feet shall tread upon, I have given you that land. Remember, he said, he blessed them and said, have dominion on the earth. Have dominion in the air. Have dominion in the water. Hallelujah. Which means that everywhere you walk, you receive power. Don't allow anybody to say that your color doesn't fit. Your accent doesn't fit. Your face doesn't fit. In this part of the earth, you are not allowed to walk in. In this part of the earth, you don't qualify because you haven't been to a certain type of school. So you can't come here. You can't work in this office. You can't work in this place because your legs don't qualify. Jesus has qualified you. Oh, I declare that Jesus has qualified you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, one day, one day, one day I said to, I was working with my boss. This was a while ago. I was working with my boss. He is the chief accountant in a multi-million pound company. Chief accountant. And I was working with him. 
And just we're, we're trying to finish the year and we're just working on it. And then it was left with just me and him in the night. Everybody's gone. So I said to him, there's this question I've been meaning to ask you. Because my pastor told me something one day. That anytime you see somebody who's great, don't envy him. Ask him how he got to where he is. And you will learn some steps. And you see some keys. <clears throat> so I asked the guy, have been meaning, how do you become a chief accountant? Then he said, Chris, can I tell you a secret? Then I said, yeah. He said, I finished school at 16, you know. I said, what? He said, I finished school at 16. I said, what? He said, I finished school at the age of 16. And I went to do apprenticeship. From one apprenticeship to the other apprenticeship to the other apprenticeship. And I found myself in the accounts department. And I've grown from there. I don't have any certificate of accountancy. I kid you not. See, I have no... From that day, I lost respect. I lost respect from process and procedure. So you have to do, uh, what do you call it? You have to finish uh, uh, accounting, do ACCA, do CIMA, do this, do that. It's not true. I say it's not true. He never went to any place. After 16 years, he didn't do anything. He has never been to any course. No, he has never been to any course. Everything is through experience and learning. He has risen and risen and risen and risen. And risen. That day I felt very depressed when I went home. I felt so depressed. Ah, look at how man has struggled doing some, some courses that don't make sense. Some courses that you sleepless nights, headaches. You see some exam rooms. And somebody finishes school at 16. I mean, after 16, I asked myself, 16, what did I know? <laughs> but his feet have walked into the corridors of power. The man's office is bigger than his office was about three times the office that I shared with three other people. His office was about three times bigger than the office that I shared with three other people. We were four people in one office. And he finished school at 16. All of us have master's plus. CIMA, ACC, and all the nonsense. Hallelujah. I say when your feet are anointed, you walk in certain places. Places you don't qualify, you see yourself walking there. Places that you don't, you don't think you belong, you walk there. Why? Because the feet have been anointed. Hallelujah. By the piercing he received on the feet. Anytime you see the cross of Jesus, put a picture of Jesus' cross with the piercing on the feet. Remember that the feet was locked into the wood. So that your feet will be free to walk anywhere in the world. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. You did not hear what I said. I don't think you heard what I said. His feet were knocked and shackled in the wood so that your feet will be free to go wherever. Hallelujah. 
who told you that you need to do something illegal to qualify to live in a certain part of the world? Listen, anybody who told you that is a lie. Oh, I say it's a lie. You didn't hear what I said. It's a lie. Do you know why? There are some people, any country in the world they want to live, they just go and live there. Do you know that? Yeah. They don't ask for visa. You didn't know that? If uh, Aliko Dangote wants to come and live in England, he doesn't need a visa. He doesn't need high commission. He becomes a citizen naturally because if you, in this country, if you have a certain amount of money in your bank account, you qualify naturally, straight away, without any questions asked. Because they know that you are coming to give work. You are coming to contribute to the economy. You are coming to bring a lot of revenue to the country. And it's not only this country, everywhere in the world. When you have a certain amount of money, they welcome you. They don't call you immigrants. They call you expatriates. It's when they look at your face and they look at your pocket and there's nothing there. They say you are illegal immigrants. <laughs> Show me the legs. I want the legs. His legs were shackled to the wood so that your legs will be free to walk where God causes you to walk. He said, everywhere in the world that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, there I have given you that land. Hallelujah. Oh, he says, I have given you that land. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 3, he has given you that land to walk in. Amen. So walk in the victory. In Luke chapter 10 verse 19, he says that, Behold, I give you authority to tread upon, upon serpents and scorpions, and over every, over all that authority of the enemy, and nothing shall by enemies hurt you. Amen. From today, do not be intimidated anymore. I say, do not be intimidated. Go to that place. Go and look for that job. Stop. You know, when people are looking for jobs, they start from the back pages of the newspaper. You know, the back pages, the, 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 <laughs> the more you go to the right the more menial the job gets. No, start from the front. The guy finished school at 16. And he's a boss of millions and millions of pounds. Hallelujah. Last one. We're going home. Last one. The blood that came from his side. They pierced him on the side. In John chapter 19 verse 34. But once the soldiers pierced his side with a lance, and instantly there came out blood and water. Amen. That piercing on the side, it redeems our heart. It redeemed our heart from heaviness. You know, in those days, when anybody, the, the medical, medically speaking, they say that when anybody's under intense stress, your heart gathers water. Are you with me? Your heart gathers water when you're under so much stress. Bible says that when they pierced him, water came out. 
and blood came out. Blood came out and water came out. Hallelujah. To release us from heaviness. Amen. Wholeness of heart. Fullness of joy. He was rejected and betrayed by Judas. Then the crowd before Pilate also rejected him, refusing and preferring Barnabas to be given to them. Then he saw his mother watch him naked on the cross. Then he felt abandoned by his own father. When he screamed, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabatani, my God, my God, why has, has thou also forsaken me? Everybody has forsaken How many will know that it's a very stressful time? His own father had forsaken him. Hallelujah. Betrayal, abandonment, rejection. These things gripped his heart and caused him so much anguish. So much that water gathered around his heart. It wasn't easy. He was in agony. But the releasing of water from his heart, the releasing of blood from his side, was to release us from stress, was to release us from heaviness of heart, was to release us from anguish, was to release us from anything which, is, which causes a lot of intense feelings, adverse intense feelings. Seven places that his blood came out. And the seven areas that we receive our victory. May the victory that Jesus walked, worked on the cross of Calvary be yours in the name of Jesus. From today, I declare your victory. From today, I declare that you are free. From today, I declare that you will not be in chain again. You will not be shackled in that area, in the seven areas. Stand to your feet in the name of Jesus and begin to thank God for freedom. Thank God for freedom. Declare your freedom right now.